1: Another episode of Metaphysical AF, and today we're going to be talking about dreams. The symbolism of our dreams is something that has always interested me, and I'm a very vivid dreamer. I remember asking for certain dreams when I was younger and then literally happening and coming true. The first time I asked to have a scary dream, I had a scary dream. After certain movies that I would watch, I would feel very scared to go to sleep the titanic being one i remember going to sleep telling my mom that i was afraid to go to sleep that night because i was afraid to have dreams about about like dying on the titanic fast forward later i mean totally had a past life on that ship so that's a whole nother story major dream symbolism meaning that well that resonates with me personally is that you can't dream of a face that you've never seen. So what does that mean? So if you're dreaming of something of a face and you don't recognize that face from this life, that that could be a face from a past life or even a future life because time is cyclical. So everything that is happening is happening in the past and the present and the future at the same. Everything's happening at once. The subconscious symbolism what you see doesn't necessarily represent the symbols that are used in your dreams. Symbols are the language of dreams. They, there aren't really like one dream interpretation fits all. So if you're Googling, what does my dream mean? There's a pretty good chance that it may not resonate with you specifically. So remembering is what is going to make this easy for you. Um, Trying to remember the details is what's going to help you. Every little detail, as much as you can remember, is important. Each symbol represents a feeling or a mood or something from your subconscious, which is like, can also be a memory. Why do we dream? Psychologists like Freud said that dreams were an outlet for the subconscious and the repressed memories from childhood resided here methods for recalling your dreams are going to be at the end of this podcast so fast forward if you don't want to hear all the cool shit but you're going to want to hear the cool shit so the five stages of sleep we're going to talk about exactly how you get into this dream state there are five stages of sleep and the first stage is that REM sleep where you're having that rapid eye movement this is when the dreaming occurs stage one is where 50% reduction in your alpha waves happens. And this is where you compare, you could compare this to resting with your eyes closed. Stage two is with spindles and K-complexes. So this is around 12 to 16 Hertz. Stage three is delta waves, which are one to two Hertz, which is where you spend 20 to 50% of the time. Stage four are delta waves, which are over 50% of the time so everyone dreams if you someone says oh i don't dream or i don't remember my dreams everyone dreams everyone goes into the dream time everyone and if also side note if people are telling you that you smoke weed and that's why you're not dreaming that's not true either so like let's not keep perpetuating these same like these same silly stories like that's not true Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud were demonstrating the clinical importance of dreams. Edgar Casey was producing like, individuals with guidance, with working with their dreams, and Edgar Casey was a amazing. Well, he was called the sleeping prophet, and he had over twenty five hundred different psychic predictions in his life, and all of them but one came true. And the only one that didn't come true was he predicted that a man was going to die. And it actually wasn't the man, it was his twin brother. So, you know, we can give him that one. Um, the story of Edgar Casey's life is filled with examples of what an extra sense of communication is like, literally having a sixth sense. So his ability to give readings in his sleep could be labeled as ESP because he somehow knew information that he had never studied and that he could see people and places and events without using his physical sight while asleep, He could answer questions on any topic, and he could give descriptions of the individual and his or her surroundings, even though he was in Virginia Beach at the time, and the person receiving the reading was in New York City. This doesn't seem so out of character now, but back in the 20s and 30s when he was doing this, this was phenomenal. Uh, He was eventually hired by the government and worked for them as well. Because there are so many different types of extrasensory communication, Researchers have broken down the term ESP into further categories to help explain what is taking place. So the first breakdown is telepathy. Telepathy is the ability to obtain information psychically by reading the mind of another person. For example, while Casey was in Kentucky, he was reading for a man in New York. He saw this man smoking a cigar, heard him whistling a particular song, saw him meet with another man about a piece of property, and saw him look over three letters. Finally, The sleeping Casey heard the man telephone another gentleman and know the gentleman's name All of these events were later verified So Casey was able to see with this extra sense everything the man in New York had experienced firsthand with his normal senses In our own lives an example of telepathy is when suddenly we start thinking about someone we haven't heard from in a long time And then they call you another category VSP is clairvoyance and we talked about this is a type of a type of psychic ability that you have in episode one. This is the ability to see information that no one else has. For example, suppose you shuffled a deck of cards and then placed them face down. Then you went through the deck and tried to name each card or at least tell its color. If your percentage of correct guesses was far beyond what would be expected by random choice, it would be an example of clairvoyance. You would not need to be a hundred percent accurate to demonstrate clairvoyance, just statistically greater than random chance. On the other hand, if you tried the same experiment but had a friend look at each card, this would also be an example of, clair- of clairvoyance or of, of telepathy. Looking at one instance from the Casey readings, it was found that a person who was in Ohio while Casey was in Virginia Beach, so during the reading, Casey gave the person's body temperature correctly. Now. If the attending doctor in Ohio had known the patient's temperature before Casey's reading was given, then this would be an example of telepathy, since Casey could have read the doctor's mind. But if the doctor hadn't known the temperature until after Casey's reading, it would be an example of clairvoyance. So does that make sense? A third category of ESP is precognition. So this is like uh, the ability to view events before they happen. Many of us have the experience called deja vu. So for example, you might be having a conversation with someone and all at once be absolutely positive that you've had the exact conversation before. You may even know what your friend is going to say. The readings of Edgar Cayce suggest that one explanation for this phenomenon is that our dreams often foreshadow future events. So precognitive dreams may be forgotten and only dimly felt at these times as deja vu experiences. There are countless examples of precognition in the Edgar Cayce files. In many readings for children, Casey foresaw what they would be like as adults, even going so far as to describe hidden talents and occupational decisions. There are also examples of this precognition ability when completing a reading for a woman in New York, he started suddenly giving a reading for a woman in Missouri, although no one had solicited it. Her request for help dated the day before he had volunteered the information. He did not arrive until after his response had already been—the mail like the mail, didn't arrive until after he had already started, like, doing the reading. He also predicted the stock market crash more than six months before it occurred and foresaw the outbreak of World War II. He knew that he would die before his two sons returned home from overseas. Although some have called Casey a prophet, he himself didn't like to be called that— In fact, in one reading, he described himself as lowly, weak, unworthy channel. He rarely made any predictions about worldwide events, mostly because these kind of predictions are subject to countless outside influences. For example, when psychics try to predict the future, all they can actually do is foretell a possible future event based on current happenings. If events continue to occur at the same course, if people's attitudes, lifestyles, and world conditions remain the same, then psychics see what the result will be. However, the readings make it quite clear that each of us has a gift of free will. And if enough people use their free will and change what they are currently doing, this can have a dramatic effect on future events. The fourth major category of ESP that was shown in the Edgar Casey readings is retrocognition. So this is the ability to see past events. For example, in the life readings, the readings which dealt with the, with the soul... Casey would often repeat aloud significant happenings in a person's life while going back over the years until the date of the person's death. In one reading, he said, 1935-32, disturbing periods, 31 through 36, 26, not any too peaceful, etc. In another life reading, Casey was given the incorrect date and location of birth of a young girl. In going back over the years, he responded with, we don't find it here. He had been incorrectly told the child was born on January 24, 1919, in Cleveland, Ohio. Then, after a short pause, he finally said, yes, we have the record here. Looks like the wrong place and date. It was later discovered that the girl had been born on January 23rd in New York City not in Cleveland. More than 11 years before the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 1947, Casey's readings described a sect of Judaism which scholars knew little. This group was the Essences. Casey gave a great deal of information about their work and their life in the community. For example, he claimed that in the Essence Society, men and women worked and lived together. At the time of the reading, scholars believed that the Essences were monastic society composed exclusively of males. But, however, in 1951, more than six years after Casey's death, Archaeologists made further excavations near the site where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, and they discovered that the evidence of the men and the women lived together. So, people often have a tendency to make psychic experiences seem unusual, out of the ordinary, special, somehow set apart, or perhaps even frightening. However, in the Casey approach, psychic information is as natural as intuition or a hunch. In addition, just because something is psychic doesn't mean it's 100% accurate we may wish to work with psychic information to the same degree that we would listen to the advice of a trusted friend. It can be utilized as an additional tool for gathering insights and for making decisions. It just shouldn't necessarily be given any more credence than information from any one of your other friends. So in time, individuals may work with their own tuition, but really using your own senses of, you know, taste, smell, touch, hearing insight are gonna be your best bet. Coming back to the dream after that Edgar Casey tangent. The most, in- most important insight that he had about dreams is that each of us is much more aware about ourselves on our physical about our physical bodies, our environment, and our subconscious levels than we realize. Dreams can really diagnose physical ailments, tell you of a death, point out thoughts that you've been trying to overlook, and so much more. According to Casey, the most common influence for dreams is mental development. So our subconscious and our superconscious Generally, wow. the feeling from the dream reveals how our soul feels about whatever the dream or the decision or the condition, whatever it is. Casey would say to capture the initial feeling because that will reveal the meaning of your dreams. Dreams reflect few different things. So, One of the amazing things that dreams reflect are the correlation between levels of consciousness and universal truth, dangers that need to be avoided, dynamics in our relationships, opportunities that need to be seized non-physical experiences and other dimensions of life that help us expand our consciousness and conditions in the body that need attention. Essentially, the purpose of dreams is to make us more consciously aware of what we are going through in our lives based on our thoughts, feelings, and actions. They can show us the desires that are motivating us and help us sense the needs that are within our bodies. They can also provide us really good insight for living life more creatively and assist us in making important decisions. And steps to remembering your dreams as I'm, this is going to be a short podcast because you only got 15, 20 minutes, right? Dreams are more than a meaning and developing these on multiple levels is essential to remembering them. You are a multidimensional being so you can't think for one second that your dreams are not the same. Write everything down. When you wake up in the middle of the night Keep a pen and paper beside your bed and write down the symbolism, write down what you saw in your dream, whether it was a person or a car, what location you were in, write these symbolisms down and don't sit there and think, oh, I'll remember it in the morning because you, you won't, you absolutely won't. You only remember 5% of what you dream about. And if you're a very vivid dreamer like me, that 5% is packed full of shit. Every character, number two, that was number one, every character represents a part of yourself. Watch the feelings and conversations and expressions and measure them against your waking life. How is this relating to your waking life? The third, watch for reoccurring symbols, characters, emotions, and create your own dream dictionary. So this paper that you're going to have beside you, you're going to continue to write down the themes. Like, do this for three to six days. After the third day, see if there's any symbolism that keeps coming up for you. And the fourth is All your dreams can be extremely helpful, even if you don't recognize what they mean right offhand. And read very, very different interpretations. Read as many interpretations as you can, and what resonates as truth for you will be truth for you. What resonates as truth for someone else may not be your truth, and that's okay. And that's just a lifelong lesson, As if it doesn't feel true for you, it may not be your truth. And that's okay, because everyone has their own truth. But your dreams are going to be very, very, very informative of what your truths are and can be. So if you are having crazy dreams, if you're having night terrors, write that shit down. And (laughs) if you want, send your craziest dreams to metaphysicalaf at gmail.com and I'll read them on the air. I have a whole little mini set of just your crazy dreams. I've got plenty That I could write and write down, and the email is already full of your wonderful stories and things like that. So, feel free to send in (laughs) so many more of your crazy dreams, your wonderful dreams, your dreams where your spirits have come to you and told you that someone may be passing away. It's very interesting what uh, to hear everyone's to hear everyone's dreams. So, thank
0: you for listening, and hope you have a good rest of your day or evening. Bye.